Hey everyone, welcome back to the Semi-Nice Podcast. Today is our much-anticipated debate recap episode. I had a friend on the show today, Katie, uh, brought her on. We kind of did a sort of co-hosting thing where we talked about general impressions and facts from the two nights of Democratic debates from last week. So hope you enjoy what we had to say, kind of spin off some tangents at some points, but uh, we had a really fun time recording this episode and we hope you have a really fun time listening to it. So, uh, hope you enjoy. The Semi-Nice Podcast. Alright, we're in room 5, 725 of the... This is your favorite room. It is my favorite room. I always book this room in the (laughs) LB Library. But we're here today with Katie Marquise. What's up? Marquise? Is that, is that not how you say your name? <laughs> no. I always thought it was Marquise. Are you reading Marquise? It's French. Is it Marque? No. <laughs> it's not that either. It's Katie Marquis. Katie Marquis? Katie Marquis. That's my name. Caitlin, but. How have I never heard that until like, just now? Do you read now? Katie Marquise every time? Yeah. Like literally every time I've seen your name. You were, um, oh, Katie Marquise. I'm like, oh, Katie Marquise. No, Katie Marquis. Marquis. It's French. Okay, well. We may leave that in, but yeah, okay. <laughs> today we're here with Katie Marquis. Yeah, you that's said it, so it weird. sounded forced for you. It, it was really forced. It I don't like French. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's very political already. Yeah. No, Katie Marquis. Nice, Katie Marquis. All right, so this is a kind of a new format. We're trying sort of a co-host episode today. Yeah. Trial run. Big deal. Yes. So. It depend on how this goes and how this reception <laughs> goes, Katie Mar- Marquis may or may not <laughs> <laughs> return. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right, Be well, pleasure. Katie, for all our, like, 15 listeners out there, yeah. <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? A little, bu- a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Katie Marquis. I'm from Pleasant Grove, Utah. I'm from Linden, Utah, but I claim Pleasant Grove. I've lived here my whole entire life. Um, I'm studying political science at BYU. Go kooks. And I have the aspirations of being a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> we always shoot for the stars, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, shoot for the stars. Um, the highest court in the land. Nice. That's where I'm aiming. Um, and I don't know. What else do you want to know about me? I'm not super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell us why you're not super interesting? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just so mainstream. <laughs> Would you define yourself as like a mainstream Utah chick? No. Because like, I, are you into essential oils? <laughs> I have nothing against them, but right. it's not like I swear by them. I prefer just over the counter. <laughs> I prefer my own home. Yeah, my home uh, mix, my own blend. My own blend. Yes. Right. No, I actually I remember like first day in the MTC, like one of the guys in our apartment like actually started using essential oils. Oh, I'm like, bro, I'm like, here we go. Exactly. I'm like, what is that smell? Yeah. No, I like it. My friend's mom's growing up would be like, here's this, and like, whatever. Put it on my temples. I'd be like, wow, I feel so much better, even though it would just be <laughs> nothing. But uh, no, I, yeah. That's, I, it's not something I claim as being from Utah's right. essential oil pride. <laughs> pretty neutral. Do you take pride in fry sauce? I know some people. Yeah, do. actually. Well, I don't take pride in it, but I always notice it's missing when it's not in Utah. Right. Or like when, what actually does kind of bother me is like, You'll go to like a burger place in like California mm. and they'll be like, get the special sauce on the burger. And it's literally fry sauce. I'm like, you guys, <laughs> this is a little ridiculous. Oh, man. I know. Like Utah's so weird. Like I remember I like didn't know anything about Utah until I came here. Like when I was 18 for an MTC. Yeah. I got like 
rapidly introduced to all these weird things like yeah, it's, fry it's sauce and place. essential oils. But how do you feel about either and both? Uh, uh, essential oils is one of the biggest scandals. <laughs> <laughs> and like half of Utah falls for it, which yes. is really sad. A scandal or a scam? <laughs> it's. I think it's, yeah, MLM, scam. pyramid scheme, multi-level yeah. marketing. Oh, probably. Oh, Most yeah. definitely. Uh, and then fry sauce... I don't know. It's better than ketchup. It is better than ketchup. There you go. Ketchup. Ketchup, I know. I... Mm. <laughs> All right. We might, we might cut that. I'm destroying you. I'm so sorry. This interview's over. <laughs> Co-host, goodbye. I'm actually taking over the podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome to your new host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Katie Markey, host. Semi-nice. Um, Semi-nice? Semi-nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, like no, fry sauce, truck. I have a split opinion because I used to work at Wendy's. Oh, For all I those know. who don't know... You can start from humble beginnings like I did at Wendy's. <laughs> and now he's hosting his own podcast. Yeah, I know. But back to the <laughs> Wendy's story. I uh, People used to come through and they'd be like, hey, do you have fry sauce? And it used to like make me so angry like that it's people good. would ask for fry sauce. It's so good. I know. But it's like this is not a Utah chain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have a lot of like weird anti like Utah sentiments like. Yeah, I know. Born deep inside me. That's okay. Yeah. I have a lot of Utah pride born deep inside me, so, like, I defend it. Yeah. I defend it even though I know it doesn't necessarily need or deserve that defense, but (laughs) (laughs) it's given me a lot. Yeah. No, Utah's great. Just trying to give back. I started mountain biking, so I actually like Utah a lot more now. (laughs) (laughs) Mountains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so, (laughs) like, we're about five minutes in, and we haven't even said what this episode's going to be about. Uh, So, today is a debate review. Yes. For the Democratic debates from last week. Yeah. Those were pretty crazy. They were crazy. It's crazy that it's already starting. I know, right? Like It's 2019 only. I'm kind of excited because I'm almost as interested, and this gets me almost as hyped up as like sports competition does Oh, now. yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I don't get involved in sports competition besides But like, if you were involved golf? in sports, it would probably feel something like well, this. Well, this is, right? yeah, <laughs> I feel similar to how I do during the Masters. Right. These days with yeah. the debates. But like there are just more candidates. tweets, so it's way more fun. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I, uh, I know, like... I have to, like, actually keep Twitter open and, like, refresh constantly. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Well, I was thinking, actually, this morning while I was driving, because it's not really, like, I've really followed uh, an election. I right. mean, like, I knew it was going on, but, you know, I was 16 for the last election. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about, like, oh, like, people are going to drop out. And then I was, like, people that I've been, like, following their, like, or their, yeah, their election, their campaign, they're going to drop out. And I'm, I was looking forward to that. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, I know. It's like they need to start like thinning out because there's so many there's Democratic so many. candidates. But I mean, they got time. I think one of my favorite tweets was like it was from the Onion. Oh it was, like, yeah, Tim Ryan, who was on the first night. Uh huh. Like Tim Ryan wears blue Power Ranger suit to stand out among <laughs> other candidates. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so awesome. So many there. Yeah, so we're gonna let's do a night by night breakdown. Yes. Um. So we're gonna start with debate night one, Mm -hmm. which I think many people can agree was the more boring of the two. I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, I I mean, obviously Trump tweeted in all caps, "boring." So it was obviously you know final mark. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But what like, what were your thoughts from like the first night? Like, what was kind of like your general or like from the general takeaway from some things? Because there's not much to take away from the first night. I think for both nights, the what was really interesting is like the hand raising thing, how they're like Mm. the universal health care. I thought that was interesting because that like cuts them to the core. Like, where do you stand on this? And kind of, I don't know. 
can kind of show who may be a little bit hypocritical. Right. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, the Spanish was great. Oh, it was like RMs Muy on bien. stage. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It's like when RMs go to Costa Vida and order oh, no. in Spanish. That's what it was like. It's like the RMs. This was actually a meme. It might have been, uh, I don't remember which Mormon account it was, but it was like uh, those RMs who were like, oh, sorry, Spanish just keeps slipping yeah. out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it was. So I thought that was good. Um, I actually like was in the kitchen when Beto O'Rourke, it was like yeah. in the living room, I had on the TV. Uh, he started speaking in Spanish, and I was just like, oh, brother. <laughs> like, <my> yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, come on, bro. Well, and then Booker's face was everything. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, because he totally <laughs> stole Booker's thunder. Yeah, seriously, but then he's just like, keep it cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Booker was pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, the, I think I like the term that came out was the hispandering. Oh, yeah. Like, people are kind of saying, yeah, it's good enough to get your foot in the door, but it's not enough to take you all the way there. Oh, you know I agree I mean? with that, yeah. Well, because the, like, the whatever um, voting group they're looking at or targeting with that approach, it's not enough to get the winning margin. Right. Like, if they're just targeting them, they won't. Yeah. Like, I think one of the more interesting things with the first night, I thought the questions were kind of, like, actually a little, like, pointier at first they were kind of like digging into the candidates a little bit more and then just turned into like total softballs yeah i would agree with that it's like oh do you support they were like very targeted towards like previous statements right is that what you mean yeah but then it was just kind of turned into like hey elizabeth warren we all know you're for medicare for all but are you really yeah medicare for all (laughs) and yeah i guess with the first night from what i can gather um a lot of it kind of was oriented around elizabeth warren and her policy proposals And it was, like, everyone's responses to that. Right. A she, lot of it. Like, not all of it. They tried to do, like, a random splitting up, but then she ended up being, like, the only really prominent candidate that night. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, oh, this is such a joke, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, that kind of, that's my thing. Well, and Elizabeth Warren is a very good debater. She has been since right. her teenhood. But, <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, like, what kind of... When people get so excited about her, especially on social media, and they're like, Elizabeth Warren killed the debate. I'm like, yeah. Is she just good at debates? Is she a good orator? Like, how much is there behind that? Like, are you just being swayed by her ability to speak? Exactly. And, like, that's, I think, the problem with, like, those type of questions where they're just, like, confirmation questions. Yeah. It's like, oh, we know your means to, like, we know you want Medicare for mm-hmm. all, but we're not going to ask you how that's going to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I'll pull up some stats on that in just a second. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, the first night was kind of weak. Uh, I don't even really remember besides. Oh, and then de Blasio or de Blasio, I guess. De Blasio. De Blasio. <laughs> de Blasio. <laughs> uh, he kind of set the tone for, like, interruptions. Yes. I mean, the fact that that guy even entered into the presidential race. Like, <laughs> what is this guy even doing? He's like, just because he can. He's like, yeah, yeah New York's kind of boring. Maybe I'll see if i can right get this office but like new york hates bill de blasio yeah he's like he's gonna get those right like no one likes bill de blasio and then the first night he's like i need to intervene and i need to make a scene for myself it's like well i mean i guess because like no one likes you but some of the people that are running that are a little bit older not like the oldest ones that are very prominent in the field right uh, but the ones that are just kind of in the middle 
that they're not going to win. But right. I'm also like, why are you trying to get your name out there? I get the younger ones. I'm like, get your name out yeah, there. Yeah, like Buttigieg or yeah. Gabbard or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, all but of like, them, Tim I Ryan get the move. these, like, randos. Like, yeah, the randos that are older, I'm like, you're not going to run again. Exactly. And you're not going to win. At what cost, really? Why? Like, what's their their motive? Right. I just don't see how it could be um, worthwhile for them. Maybe there are things that I'm not seeing. Right. But I get, like, younger ones, get your name out there. Oh, for yeah. sure. If they have a good, honorable race, they get the support, even if it's not enough support to win the entire election or just get the nomination. Right. Still, in a few election cycles, then they'll be a front runner. No, I, uh, I agree with that. Um yeah, it was kind of interesting. I think we did kind of talk about this a little bit before the podcast started was uh, kind of like the the manifestation of like the generational conflict yeah. between the millennials and the baby boomers. It's that, really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like really breaking out right now yes. in the Democratic Party. Um, but yeah, I kind of just like to cap off that first night before we get into that. Like, it's just kind of no personality. Yeah. Really flat. There's like really not much to reflect on besides the memes. Right. <laughs> besides the Beto memes. <laughs> yeah. Besides the Beto memes. Like there's, I don't know, like how I can't think of too many noteworthy moments. Right. Or things that we didn't already know. Yeah. Were brought to the stage. Yeah. Looking back on it, uh, there was like the one guy. Like, did we learn anything? No. We learned that like Elizabeth Warren wore, she literally wore exactly yeah. what Kate McKinnon <laughs> yes, wore on SNL. Yes, on SNL, <laughs> I saw that. But other than that, I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, the, I think that it's like Warren had like a good performance, but it wasn't like, she didn't knock it out of the park. She just played it pretty safe. Well, and how much did like, um, how much did polls change in support of each candidate after night one? Did they change very much? I don't, I don't know. No, they didn't really shift. But after the second night, they shifted quite oh, yeah. a bit. So I think that speaks to... Which night had more? Oh yeah, I don't know more weight towards the election. Yeah, uh, the last thing I'm gonna say about the first night was that Tulsi Gabbard was the most searched candidate. Oh after really? The first debate, and I think Tulsi Gabbard actually it makes for a really intriguing case as yeah. a Democrat. She's very, she's a lot more moderate. She's like a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I actually like what she has to say about a lot of yeah. things. Um, but it's just a problem because like someone like that, who like would actually make a very solid candidate. They're never. She's like pulling at like you know one percent. Yeah, it's like, oh. most of them are. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's true. I think as like of today, sixteen of them are. I don't know how many are. Yeah, I think today what I read was stats. Biden's at like twenty-two. That's a big drop. Yeah, he, yeah, he was dropped like ten far ahead points. before the first or the second night. Uh, Harris shot that's up crazy. from like four percent. I think she's at sixteen percent. She went to double digits. Mm-hmm. Wow. She took a huge jump. Yeah. Warren. Oh, that doesn't herself. surprise me. Yeah, well, Warren solidified herself as like sixteen, fifteen. And then Sanders is at, like, 14. Okay. And then Buttigieg is way back at, like, 4%. Really? So, really, the only difference was Harris became a frontrunner. Yeah, she really kind of made her stamp. Because, yeah, because, like, Warren and Sanders and Biden, they were all in the the lead. They were the top three, right? Yeah, that's what it was. Where was Sanders before? Sanders was, like, he was second, but he was still pretty far behind Biden. Well, yeah. Warren was, like, a few points behind him. Yeah, Warren's basically, like, a younger... Female version of Bernie Sanders. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, so let's talk about <laughs> the second debate. But how much younger? Then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we all we want to do is talk about the second yeah, debate. Clearly, so let's, let's hop into that. It's just, <laughs> just like hop right in, dive in. Spouting out of me already. I can't even control myself. Um, second night. What do you think? Um, it was good, and I think the. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> no, I, I had, like, was. Popcorn, I was planning wings. on like working on something else while it was on in the background, and I couldn't. I think I was reading a book or something. Mm. Or I, maybe I was on my phone. I don't know. Rookie mistake. I know, and I was like, no, I can't. Like I was totally engaged, and I think the. I mean, a huge takeaway is the shift that a lot of the candidates had in their um, in the polls. Right. That just speaks to how, I don't know, how much of a difference that night made. Oh, yeah. Like, I think Buttigieg took a hit. Yeah. Which Even though he performed well, he perfor- I thought. He performed really well, but he wasn't a lead actor in right. the debate. Like, the, the few things that he spoke on, he, he did well. Yeah. But there weren't any wow moments for him. Yeah. He had, like, the good concession about... Like the shooting in South yes. Bend and stuff, which was I liked his response to that. Yeah, that was honestly like a really good, like honest response. Yes. And then, but yeah, because so much of that debate was crazy. Like those first twenty minutes, I think we said like all the one percenters came out just swinging. Yes, they and were all like, ready. They like learned from like that first night. They're like, okay, I can interrupt and it'll be fine. Yes. Like Gillibrand was like unbearable. Oh yeah, she's like she the worst. Nonstop. Like I think. Do you not like her? No, she's like the most <laughs> fake candidate of all yeah. time. Like. I can't stand Gillibrand, but like she kept trying to butt in and it became like just crazy. Like it was insane how like back and forth it was. You know yes, what I mean? it was. Until Harris was, it was like a lot more exciting. For oh, yeah. Sure. I was like, let's go. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it was engaging. Um, No, on Buttigieg's response, I've been thinking about it even before the um, any of the the debates. Right. So I was speaking to someone about. I think it was my brother-in-law, but we were talking about Donald Trump, but how um, there we can have our leader of our country, but they won't be a leader because a leader is someone that you want to become like, yeah. someone that exhibits qualities that you respect and that like, you want to emulate. Right. What attribute does Donald Trump have that anyone's trying to emulate? Like, what yeah. does he do that people are like, I wish I were more like him in that sense? And so that was striking to me and refreshing um with Buttigieg's response when he was willing to admit his mistake which you never see from a politician especially right. in a presidential debate and i thought it was very interesting that he did that and um it gave me it gave him more credit from like from my perspective right um because I think he's qualified, just maybe not enough experience. That's my perception of him. Right. Like, he'll be, he's qualified, he's educated, he's smart, he's sharp. He's what, like 37? Yeah. So I think, I think he would be great, just not yet. Yeah. I think he's definitely someone the Democratic Party should, like, turn to more. Oh, yes. They, like, he's definitely in that vein. I think they should be giving him support, but not necessarily in this election. I think he's doing yeah. a great thing getting his name out there. Right. Um, and I think a, a few elections down the road, he would be a great candidate. Even maybe in 2024, like if Trump really? wins re-election and then it's wide open. In really? I think, I think if he were able to get more experience, um, in the federal government, that would be huge. And with that experience, he, I would support him because yeah. I just think he would do a good job. And I think he has the attributes of a good leader right. outside of just having the qualifications, Yeah, which I think the country needs yeah no i i think that's definitely a valid point um i also think it's interesting just how much more anti-establishment the second night was yes there's a lot more shots at, at trump than the oh, first night yes because the first night they barely what, what mentioned was it him. was it biden who's like his first act in office oh, is to man. defeat trump i'm like what? 
Yeah. Wow. Can we just put it out there that Biden is 78 years old? <laughs> this is an old like, man. Like his veneers He's are like falling out of his mouth. He's halfway to 156. Oh my gosh, I know. Like he was like his brain was like struggling to like work through the dementia to keep up to answer some of those questions. Really though? Like he definitely I'm, showed signs of age though. You know yes. what I mean? Well, and even the part, no one was even cutting him off and he's like, I'm out of time. Yeah, that was like, what? <laughs> Okay, at but, least wait for the moderators to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. That was um, re- like I get maybe if they had started, but there was no one saying a word, and he's like, "Never mind." Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Biden was interesting because he like there's a lot of moments like where he like lost his train of thought. Yeah, kind of like was stumbling that over would be himself me on like, that stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for someone who's like done really well in post in like yeah. prior debates, especially in like vice presidential ones, yeah, like definitely was not. That's what that's what was so surprising to me is he's done well in debates. Exactly, he's experienced. It's been his career as as oh, poli- yeah. being a politician. Bro, this guy's Performing. been in the Senate since seventy two. Yeah, he's <laughs> seventy two. That's insane. Holy cow! I know, right? My parents were kids. Yeah. <laughs> my parents. Are I think my dad parents. was like nine years old when yeah. Biden got in the Senate. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so crazy. I'm not gonna say my dad's age because I don't want to like. But hurt his feelings. <laughs> but Biden's really old. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> and then Sanders was like a total. I thought he was a total bust. Oh night. no, he's I. I can't imagine people, rational people, really supporting him just because exactly. he's so old. Yeah, he's got. He's like. I have a terrible impression, so I'm not gonna attempt it. Yes. But you know, his whole thing is like. <laughs> Medicare for all. Oh, you're it. <laughs> but that was his answer to every question. Everything. They're like, oh, what about immigrants? He's like, oh, yeah, immigrants, and then we need to fight the system and Medicare for all. I'm yeah. like getting all Russian or something. But <laughs> like, he just, yeah, he just kept like repeating himself every single time. Yeah. I'm like, bro, how could you t- look at this guy and be like, yeah, I want that guy as my president? Yeah, I don't know who. I mean, there are people who do, but I, I think part of it, he had so much support from young voters in the last presidential election that that's right. probably why a lot of the reason why he felt like he could run again. Yeah. But with so many younger candidates, <laughs> I think most of that support is gone. Yeah, a lot of that younger candidates, they're going, I, I saw on the stat today, a lot of the younger people are really behind like someone like Kamala Harris. Yeah. But Biden has a pretty firm hold on people over the age of 45 still. Well, that's why he's polling. They've never known a government still. without him. So yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. You have to like move on, you know, but yeah, let's talk about that Harris and Biden exchange. Yes. Crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. I she was, didn't even wait for anyone to bring it up. She's like, I'm taking charge of this yes, debate. <laughs> but I think, well, I'm sure that was planned. Oh yeah. That no. was so strategic. All of that is staged. Well, especially I mean, not because staged, her, but like they, they plan out her, responses. yeah, exactly. But especially her campaign team was ready with pictures and all of that. Yep. Um. Oh, oh, Kamala Harris brought up busing when she was eight years old uh, well, we just look have at pictures what of we have oh i just have pictures it's of kamala crazy. harris when she's eight years old so look at that. yeah i know and so i don't know that i know all of their responses are rehearsed they know the topics they'll cover they know their stances right but something like to have that be the most dramatic event of the night but have it be almost staged on her part I'm like, is she playing that card? I don't know. Right. I can't really speak. I don't know what cards I would play if I were running. <laughs> I'm right. sure I would play some. But part of me is like, ooh, were you just playing that card because you could? Well, I think she is because she was like the only one who really, I guess Booker did too. 
But she's the only one who kind of made like a viral statement yes, about Joe true. Biden when he came out with the segregationist comment. Yeah, that's true. Um, so she kind of just like went for the throat with it during yeah. the debate. You know what I mean? Yeah, she did. Definitely took advantage of it and did it well. Yeah. Absolutely, it was a good performance. We'll it was a good performance. I just don't know how much I respect it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to say, you know, because like I feel like in 2016 when you watch those republican primaries mm-hmm. trump's just like saying whatever Seriously. you know like little marco rubio and yeah, everyone's like what, what? <laughs> <laughs> like That's, where is this coming from yeah and then uh but then so i mean it's definitely coordinated but i think it's a good move on the behalf of like the younger part of the democratic party because they are trying to push out these establishment people you know yes. what i mean yeah. like on snl a couple of weeks ago or i guess like a month or two ago adam sandler hosted it mm-hmm. and he used to do this thing called opera man where mm-hmm. he would just sing news headlines like in a bad <laughs> opera voice. And he kind of talks about I the election. late and, night TV. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I, yeah. But uh, he like sings like, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of 70-year-old white men again in the election. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it kind of like need to move on from that. But mm-hmm. I'm also interested because I feel like recently the Democratic Party has been pushing really hard to the left on a yes. lot of issues. For example, on the first night, only two people raised their hands when they said they would abolish uh, private health insurance. Yeah. And on the second night, everyone did. But then Kamala Harris retracted her statement. Yeah, she Because she's like, oh, I didn't I didn't get it. I'm question. like, they asked the question the night before. You had to have rehearsed right. like, your response to that. But It's, I know, the the healthcare thing's an interesting. Because a lot of people, uh, people will always bring up, it actually polls pretty decently. The idea of universal healthcare in the yeah. U.S. It's like six out of ten Americans want it. Mm-hmm. But then they showed that support for that, like polling by Kaiser family health or whatever polling shows that once they start saying oh are you fine with that if it raises taxes if Mm -hmm. you lose your everything that comes with it exactly like public support shifts like significantly in the other direction because it also showed that like people mistakenly think that they will be able to keep their health care yeah when in reality a lot of people don't want them to yeah big structural change yeah exactly (laughs) i think it was um yeah i think it said that people would oppose a national Medicare plan. 58% they w- said they would oppose it if it eliminated private health insurance. Wow. So basically, like so the majority. Yeah. So basically, like 60% say, oh, yeah, I want health, in- like universal health care. And then this, the, maybe that same or another 60% say, but not if it eliminates my private yeah. health insurance. I mean, I obviously don't know enough about health insurance to like yeah, we say a whole about lot about that. it. Like, don't I'm exactly not, have a horse I'm not in the, the race. guy to talk to about health, health care. Right. But. <laughs> I, what did you think about the part where uh, all 10 of them said they would extend health, like free health care to immigrants or to migrants? Um, I thought that was interesting. I think that shows how far to the left the party is moving. Right. Because I don't know if that would have been the pattern four right. years ago. No, but even in the news, it's saying that even members of their own party have kind of been like, oh, this is even a little bit more than I even want, you know? Yeah. Because there's still, it's, the problem is, is like, it's the extremes that get all the attention. Uh, and I think I just saw another poll where it was like 37% of people polled, I think in, including Democrats, or maybe it was exclusively Democrats, only 37% support giving free health care to migrants. And like, I think it was almost 60% of people oppose it. Mm-hmm. But all 10 of the people raised their hands saying that they wanted to extend that. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I think because, well, what makes it makes me question because all 10 did raise their hand if they're all just trying to 
become the candidate that could go against Donald Trump right. to try to paint themselves as so far opposite from him that they'd get the support. Right. Because I wonder, that's that's my thing with campaigning is it's so hard to know what their true personal beliefs are. Right. How do, because I, I have a hard time believing all 10 of those candidates really think so personally or whether it's just the policy that would help them get elected or help them get support right. from their party yeah. because it's so far to the left. I just, that's, that's what it causes me to question. Right. But I mean, it's, politics they're politicians that's any issue it's like is that really what they think there's room to question i know and it's like you it's like you it's like to build off that it's like you start questioning like are they doing this like you're saying just to like be as far opposite as donald trump yeah when in reality i don't think that's the right approach to go yeah do you think that they are maybe doing that a few of them yeah, I mean, when you look at the 2018 midterm elections and like the you know quote blue wave that came mm-hmm. through, it was a lot of moderate Democrats that took back a lot of districts that voted for Trump yeah. in 2016, and that's the thing is like people like who are kind of become may become disenchanted with the GOP and Trump. Mm-hmm. It's like the problem is they're gonna stick with that if all you're giving them is like completely radical things that they yeah. are not for. You know what I mean? I agree with that. It's like if the that's why I think if the Democrats were to put forward someone that was just a moderate candidate that had moderate stances, fought for maybe like just a normal expansion of me- like a buy-in expansion of uh, Medicare rather than, you know, universal health care yeah. and all these things, that they would have like a much more legitimate shot of winning the election. I agree with that. Uh, I think I was thinking about that actually with Elizabeth Warren, how she wants to go in and change everything. Right. And I don't know if that's really what the voters want. I think a lot of the voters just don't want Donald Trump. Exactly. So what you were saying, if there was a more moderate candidate, that would have the best chance because that's really where the voting public are leaning. Mm. But if that isn't an option, yes, they'll go with not Donald Trump. That's what I think is interesting because it's like, they're like, we need to tear down the system. But because it's... I mean, and what do you? I mean, in your mind, like, what else do you see them like campaigning against? You know what I mean? Besides Donald Trump. Yeah, besides the fact besides that it's just Donald Trump Besides his administration and the policies that exactly. it has enacted. Yeah. Well, and that's why, I mean. I mean, the uh, like the economy is booming. Obviously, yes. you know, the rich are getting richer. Like, the the thing about income inequality, the whole argument about that is yes, the rich are getting richer, but the poor are still also getting richer. Yeah. Not as great as a rate. Of but course, unfortunately, are. but, you know, that's we still growing. Are. But, you know, jobs are at an all-time low across all categories, yeah. you know, stock market, blah, blah, Russo blah. Russo would love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trump had a very, I think he had a really interesting meeting with Kim Jong-un this last weekend, yes, actually. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, obviously, but yeah, like, like, European countries hold very low opinions of yeah. America right now, mainly because of Donald Trump. Uh, there's the issues with the border. And it's messy. Yeah, but like... As a whole, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if I find How the much whole... harm has he done? He has done some, but right. there's it, also been progress. Right. As with any administration, right. there's harm in progress. It's just the cycle. Yeah. I think a lot of what people don't like about Trump is in the abstract. You yeah. know what I mean? They're like, oh, he's tearing down, you know, how our government should work. Mm-hmm. Or he's like creating too much of a like unitary executive. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know. Like, if I was, like, just a moderate voter in 
you know, Wisconsin or something yeah, or Iowa, classic. one of the swing states. Yes. And then I like had to look at Trump and then let's say Kamala Harris gets nominated, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think we did talk about this. Like if anyone's going to go toe to toe with Donald Trump in a debate, it should be Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. She was like the one who could actually like, like, I think Trump would wipe the floor with Biden. He'd wipe the floor oh, with Sanders. Oh, absolutely. If it would just be an old guy fight night exactly. with either of them. <laughs> I might actually pay money to see that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Every Friday. They could. We could pay to stream that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know. With Warren, I think he would bring back the whole Pocahontas thing. It'd be a yes. sideshow. Yeah, it would. So I think Kamala Harris would do well against him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she'll win the nomination. Exactly. She, she might but take if on she, a VP. If she manages to get there. Right. But if she yeah. did manage to get there, I think for, you know, for the Democratic Party, if they want to nominate anyone who's going to go toe-to-toe with Trump face-to-face, it should be her. But the thing yeah. is, I don't know if her policy alternatives are really, like, if they're centrist enough. You yes. Know what I mean? I would agree with that. And I don't know. That's why Joe Biden, he's old. He's... He might. He'll probably be the nominee. Yeah. I won't lie. Unless like something, he has like a brain hemorrhage in the next. Which he might. Um, at this point, anything's. Po- he might fall. Which <laughs> once you fall at that age, you're a goner. Um, <laughs> That's true. He's li- he's gonna be out there with a life alert around. His yeah, neck. <laughs> probably the next debate. Like, but what is that? He's like, well, you know. <laughs> and while he's not uh, compared to the rest of the candidates, he's not a great Democrat. He's a good bipartisan, and I'll yeah. give him that. And yeah, he's a good moderate. That's the thing. Yeah, and I give him that credit right. for sure. And no, same. And so that's it's really interesting to think about what all of the possibilities could be and what the results would be of those. Right. Because Biden is a good moderate, mm-hmm. so maybe it would be okay. Right. He might die in office, but <laughs> we're making too many jokes. Yeah. I'm so- we're sorry, Joe. <laughs> we're sorry, Joe. No, you, but you go, Joe. I did read that like his campaign is trying to like put a spin on like, yeah, we know he's old, but like I think one of the things were like, well, what if we only ran and we only did one term, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he won't be around for two. An eighty six year old president, That's can you insane. imagine? Oh my, oh my goodness. Like they're like, Yeah, oh. he's old, but Maybe we'll just do one term. And, like, maybe if he gets the nominee, he's that'll be been, a little more publicized. He's been alive for a good percentage of the country's life. Oh, yeah. Like, well, he was saying in the debate, he's like, oh, yeah, I became a public defender. Like, yeah. my city was crazy because Martin Luther King died. It's like, bro, yeah. that was, like, 1963. That's <laughs> insane. Like, he was Or 64. In, it was somewhere around there. It was around there. Yeah. I think 64, but I'm not sure. Was it, like, in the 18s? <laughs> no. At this point, yeah. But I give him that credit because he is a good bipartisan. He is a good mm-hmm. moderate. He's done a lot of bipartisan legislation in his career. Right. And I respect him for that because the thing I hate most in the government is the polarization. So any candidate that will lead to more polarization, I can't support. Yeah. Because it's a cycle. It'll switch to the... It's gonna, from, yeah, it's going to break at some point. You know what I mean? It exactly. can't keep going like this. It's, gonna, it's just spiraling. And mm-hmm. it, you're right. It is going to break. And I don't think... No matter how progressive a policy can be, I don't know if it's necessarily leading to progress if it's not bringing people together. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing Biden has going for him. If he can keep it together, he definitely has the mm-hmm. more, like, but I don't know, because the Demo- some of the younger candidates are trying to set the tone of, like, like Swabble did in the first yeah. 30 seconds. Like, 
when I was six years old, this guy said to pass the torch. This old man. It was Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. right? I was like, whoa. I know. That came out of nowhere. I was like, See, bro, that who was even reversed, are you? But I'm like, play that card. Yeah. <laughs> a good anecdote. They're yeah. both good anecdotes. But. but yeah, no, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I'm afraid, or I don't know if I'm afraid, but like, I feel like the Democratic Party has the potential to eat itself alive during this election cycle. Yeah, I think if they were very strategic about who could go against Donald Trump, but also get the support of maybe voters that are on the right side of the scale, but towards Mm -hmm. the middle, they could easily have the presidency. Right. They just need to, like, reach across. Like, if there's a center point, like, you know, let's say we do a spatial model. Let's do a spatial (laughs) model. I love spatial models. Yeah, like, we have, like, a straight line on the far left is, like, you know, the most, like, liberal you can get, and the far right, the most conservative you can Mm -hmm. get. And the middle is, like, the median point. All the Democrats need to do is, like, reach a little bit across that line, yeah. sway just enough of those people to come, and literally they might take 2020. But the problem I is think that's I their only chance. I don't know if they're going to do that, though. I don't know that they will, but that is their only chance, I think. And it, yeah. if they were willing to do that, it would be, I think, a very high chance that they would, that they would win the election. They would have the presidency. But... Because, I mean, Donald Trump isn't going to move closer to the left. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no <laughs> <pretty> way. Solidified. <laughs> There's no way. But if the if the Democrats were able to nominate a candidate that was willing to reach across the aisle just a little bit, there would be Republican voters that would reach across the aisle and support that candidate. I'm sure right. of it. But that's where we get back to that issue, like you said, of partisanship. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to reach across the aisle and yeah. you're going to propose legislation. They that can't isn't? imagine filling in the box next to someone with a D by their name. Exactly. When, I, when in reality, they're probably closer to their policy preferences. Yeah. That's what, ooh, man. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, we're getting. Polarization we're, gets me worked up. We're getting back into the political science 315. 315, Congress <laughs> and legislative processes. No, it's true, though. Like, I think it definitely is going to reach a breaking point at some point. And the problem yeah. is. Like we're going to pick up the pieces. Yeah. So, I mean. Just like with Social Security. Exactly. (laughs) It's just all the consequences we get to take care of. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. Um, Back to 315. I thought it was interesting. On the last day, how we were giving suggestions for how to fix the system and the issues that there are. Right. Um, How you mentioned, was it you? That said, abolish the two-party system. Oh, yeah, that was me. I said, burn it to the ground. (laughs) Yes, but that's something I had thought about multiple times throughout is how institutionalized the two-party system is, Mm -hmm. which I get. But the fact that, like, majority leaders just control everything. Right. I'm like, there's, because of the actual structure of the way Congress is functioning at this point, how much room is there for bipartisanship and for compromise? Right. Because the thing is, like, yeah, you have no more liberal Republicans. You have no more conservative yeah, Democrats. Yeah, when I'm both of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I feel so lost and alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I need, a, I need a party to identify with. <laughs> I know. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because party ID is so strong now. Exactly. For voters. Like, not even just, uh, like, with uh, legislators, but voters as well. Yeah, well... People always ask, oh, you're a political science major. What's your party? I'm like, uh, it really depends. Yeah. And even like thinking about it, my like moral beliefs are so far different from what I would do as far as policy goes. Oh, yeah. I know it's hard. But then I was just attacking the candidates. I'm like, did they believe when they raised their hand? Whereas yeah. I probably 
would do the opposite <laughs> of what I believe because my political identification identification is the opposite of my moral beliefs. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, there has to be like a separation. Now we're kind of like going into a different tangent, but like yeah, this with morality and politics, philosophical. I think at this point, both sides can't make an argument because in the nineties, yeah. Clinton. You know, GOP is like, you need a moral president. And Democrats are like, no, morality doesn't matter. And now yeah. GOP is like, I've like sat with people and like, oh, but now morality doesn't matter. It's like, bro, like, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> like you're trying to back. like, ca- yeah, you're walking back the same argument you used 20 well, years ago. Or basically 25 years how ago. it works is there's the majority argument and right. the minority argument. As ah. soon as the parties switch, they start using the argument the other party was using. They just happen to be in the majority. That's true. That's all there is to it. It yeah. goes with any issue. Like gerrymandering, for example. They switch. Mm-hmm. They take turns using their own arguments. Yeah. I mean, like with morality and politics, it's like, I think it's so far gone, the discussion of morality and politics. Like yeah. when you look at things like abortion and uh, like gay marriage, like you like people used to like use like you know like religious beliefs yeah. and like morals to push like their stances mm-hmm. but now like none of that even really matters and if you no. do it's like you're you know you're labeled as like some alt-right yeah nativist like freak who's like oh you want pro-life because like you believe that like yeah life starts at conception or it's like oh you know like you don't want gays to get married because like you don't believe in it's like church and relations. state has extended to like morals and ideology exactly it's like you can't even like, especially, like, in political science classes, like, it's almost now yeah. to the point where someone, if someone raises their hand and tries to, like, make a comment or take a stance with, like, a moral background in it, mm-hmm. it just feels so out of place. You know what I mean? Because you can't tell someone what their moral beliefs should be. Right. That's out of line. That's yeah. like telling telling someone what God they should worship. Right. It's like, you almost have to, uh, there's actually, in the last issue of the Political Review, uh, Rachel Finlayson. Finlayson? I'm totally butchering someone's last name. Mm-hmm. Wrote a really good article about suspending your beliefs uh, when you talk with people. Yeah. Because if you're just holding tightly to moral beliefs, then you're never going to cross lines. You're never exactly. going to be able to compromise with people. But, I don't know. Political discussion, is, I think... I, I can't even imagine, like, being in politics, like, in the 60s and 70s compared to, like, being in politics now. Be crazy. Can you imagine what Joe Biden sees? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was there. We should ask him. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> but I also love how Joe just says folks. 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 Yeah. Probably folks. calls people fella, too. Yeah. Lady. Lady fella. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true, though, is you have to separate it at this point. And I already have found that I do that. It, oh, yeah, same. Because I think my moral beliefs are pretty set in stone. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm but not my policy preferences, they change all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some issues I'm definitely like, but the thing is, I've also gone just more libertarian on some stuff. Like, I still oh, hold yeah. my belief, but I'm like, you know, it's like, are we ever really going to repeal and like outlaw abortions? Like, no. No. Are we ever going to like, I mean, at this point, like, are they going to walk back gay marriage? It's like, no. no. So it's like, no take backs. It's like, at this point, like, oh, whatever. You How know, many like, take backs you know I mean? have it's there like, been in the Supreme Court? Yeah. It's like, why bother getting so worked up about it? Like, yeah. Uh, from like, from like a policy standpoint. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, you know what? Just, do whatever you want mm-hmm. but like i still have my my personal moral beliefs but there's no the thing is, is like like i think what i was trying to say earlier is like you there's no more imposing of moral beliefs on people through policy and through politics yeah that's not like people don't listen to that anymore you're right it, it has gets, like no, it gets shut down yeah it has no standing in political discussion yeah that's a good way to put it and i also i think when it comes to back to the democratic party their strategy for whoever they nominate right voters are 
much more modern than any candidate is. Oh, yeah. But it's and I guess there can be arguments that people who are more um, polarized in their opinion are more motivated to go out and fight for what they believe. So maybe those are the people running for office. But I find it hard to believe that every single person running for office is running on a platform that is their true personal ideology. And I think if more people were willing to run on their true ideology, that the the leadership in the government would be a lot more reflectant of the voters. But they have to run on a platform that will win. And that has to be in opposition to their <laughs> opposition. <Yeah. laughs> no, I get what you're saying. But, like, that's why I, I said in class we need to, like, take down the two-party system. Yeah. Because then you just end up conforming to some party's platform, especially nowadays. Which yes. didn't used to be the case as much. But now especially, um, I mean, look at what Trump has done with the GOP in the last four right. years. And also look He's what – changed it. And look at the turmoil with the Democrats going on right now mm-hmm. in Congress especially because it's, like – there's a lot who want to like bring up in articles of impeachment. Yeah. And Pelosi's like, no, we're not going to do that. And then you have some like Ocasio Cortez who are like, oh, we need to push like stuff like the Green New Maybe, Deal. Yeah. And they're like, no, oh, I don't think we need to push that either. And like, so the problem is the Democrats, I think, are really looking for a figurehead more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're trying to determine with this election. But if someone as progressive as Harris gets put in as like the leadership of the Democratic Party, I just, I don't know how that's going to go down now. That's the thing. Right. It's so hard to know. Right. Anything could happen. Because if they put Biden so up. exciting. Suspend his age for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you have a more moderate guy yeah. like him leading the party. Like, that bodes well for them and for, like, America. Like, yes. <laughs> not Good to be too morale, idealistic. Definitely. Yeah. But if you push someone who's just, like, like total one swing, anti-Trump, anti-everything yeah. he does – then it's going to be like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I mean, some voters are like, yeah, maybe I don't like Trump. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, I think the economy is doing okay. But then they're yeah. coming in saying, oh, I need to, like, do this. And I need to, like, extend health care to illegal immigrants. I have to give up my private insurance. Yeah. I have to increase my taxes. Like, you know. You like, used to do all of that to not have Donald Trump in office. Right. Is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. And I don't, I don't know who – there are so many – thing like so many factors to consider who would put up the best fight against donald trump who would if they were to make it all the way to the presidency create or have the changes that the country needs to see but there are so many aspects the policy changes Mm -hmm. the morale changes oh yeah i mean and i give different candidates different credit Right. Because they all would do a different thing in a different sense. Right. And it, they would probably do some harm in some ways, like everyone does. Mm-hmm. But the it's it's more of determining where do you want to see the progress. Right. And I feel like for me, I want to see the country coming together. So then I'm like, right. well, what about Joe Biden? Even though <laughs> it's like, I can't watch him in a debate. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's like, oh, Joe, I'm, I'm you're like, so old. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Joe, you're so old. But I'm also like, it wouldn't hurt. Right. That's the thing. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a more radical candidate might. Yeah. And I want to I, I want to see, I think it'd be an interesting study to see how much polarization is like affecting our generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because some people really get behind people like Cortez mm-hmm. and like Harris. Uh, but 
I don't know. Like it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see like when we're forty and fifty years old. Yes. Like where we're gonna be Once at. We get there. Hopefully by then we've demolished the two party system and we right. have proportional Crushed representation. It. Yeah. I mean I think proportional representation is interesting. Like for example in Britain, like they just created a party in the last parliament elections that was like, oh yeah, we're just the Brexit party. That's yeah, all we care about is Brexit. It. And they won like a the huge policy. share of the votes. <laughs> no, but I that's something I thought about a lot during spring term is. Is it time for new parties to emerge? Sure, we can keep the two-party system, but what a Democrat looks like and what a Republican looks like has shifted so much. They pulled like so far apart. Yeah, and they're so institutionalized and they're so established that it's it would be almost impossible for a new party to come and become one of the contenders. Right. Because there's the Green Party, the Tea Party, but they've always kind of been just like the butt of people's jokes. Yeah. And. I don't know. I think it would be interesting if there were, it, I mean, it wouldn't happen, but yeah, abolish the two-party system, but right. be able to... <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're saying. But to be able to create a system that has parties that are more reflective of the public today. Yeah. Because I think I think people are usually reaching across the aisle on certain policy issues. Everyone, mm-hmm. most people are. Yeah. They think, oh, I vote this way. I vote to the left on this thing, mm-hmm. but I'm actually to the right on this thing. Right. And it would be interesting to see if there were a pattern Yeah. where people who vote to the left on this issue feel towards the right on this issue. Yeah. And if new parties were to be created that were more reflective and maybe it would have less polarization. I don't know. Yeah. Don't interesting know. to theorize. Yeah. Theorize, but we're going to need a lot I mean, like, a lot of constitutional amendments. <laughs> yes. So many. <laughs> yeah. I think that should be a decision that the Supreme Court hands down is Holla. the abolishing of the two-party system. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's How maybe the only one How constitutional is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be an interesting decision to read. That would be. I don't know. General George said no parties. Yeah. I stand by him. His dying wish. <laughs> his dying wish. We can't even respect that. Yeah. George Washington is like some of his stories are like hilarious. Yeah. There's one where. So like the advice and consent part of Article 2 of the mm-hmm. Constitution where, you know, Senate will like advise, give advice and consent to like nominate like nominations yes. and treaties. Yeah. So early on in his. I know the Constitution. Oh, <laughs> for those of you who don't. That was for those of you who don't know the Constitution. Not not Look Cuba. it up. Inform yeah. yourself this holiday. <laughs> um, Seriously. Yeah. The disinformation about the Constitution is appalling. But that's, yes. a, different, that's a different topic. Yeah. But so Washington's like, oh, hey. Article two, advice and consent. I have this treaty I want ratified. So he's like, he's like, I'm gonna try this in good faith. You know, he goes down, goes to Congress. He's like, hey, or he goes to the Senate. You know, like all fourteen of them or whatever. Yeah, twenty six, I guess. Handful. This is friends. Thirteen, yeah, twenty six maybe. Um, twenty six. Uh, and he's like, hey, I have this treaty. And they're like, okay, that's nice. We're just gonna put it in committee. And he's like, no, like I want you to vote on this yeah. treaty. And they're like, no. So he kind of like gets angry, kind of like storms out, you know. Yeah. And like, or and he comes back another time. He's like, guys, come on. I really want this treaty. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're going to have to just put it in committee again. He's like, you know what? I'm so done with this. <laughs> he, le- he leaves the Senate and he kind of set the tone for Because then everything he did afterwards, he just made the decision and sent it off to and the Senate. It. Instead of trying to work with them and get yeah. the advice. He's just like, here's what I do. Say yes or no. And that's kind of like how it is now with nominees and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a little bit of input, but he kind of like set the tone for, hey, I don't care what the Senate has to say. Yeah, <laughs> that, that executive, an executive legislator. Yep. I mean, he was the first one, so. Yeah. But he did set the precedent for 
everything, including that. Yeah. He Almost also, everything. He also set the precedent for uh, kind of like picking Supreme Court nominees of your same ideology. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. People don't really know that, but... I didn't. I think it was... Was it seven justices? And yeah. He, of course, since he was like the first president, he had to nominate all seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And six of them were federal. That's a good gig. <laughs> which is like what he kind of yeah, aligned that was, with. And then he did one anti-federalist. Yeah, and then he did like one rando. I'm not sure why. A wig. Just kidding. I think it might have been a personal friend. Yet. It probably was. Probably. But then the thing is, he did that, and Jefferson's like, oh, well... I'm going to do that too. And then mm. it kind of just permeated ever since then. Okay. So, That's interesting. Very interesting stuff I learned in Poly 312. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Actually, I was like, yeah. I was on my map planning today and that's, nice. that's on my plan. <laughs> yeah, that class is dope. That class is really fun. That's one of the papers I was looking back over. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I like this paper. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want your name on it. Yeah. Oh man. But um, cool. Is there anything else? Uh Closing statements. Closing statements. <laughs> my, la- my first day in office. Yeah, first day in office. Um, I don't think so. Do you want to, like, say anything like, oh, this is who I am. You should follow me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> my, You guys should follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, I'm not very – I'm very active by only favorite tweets. I don't tweet anything, so I'm kind of boring to follow. Yeah. But – I don't think I've ever seen you retweet something. I've retweeted a few things. Really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm pretty boring on Twitter, but you can follow me, sure. Just look at my faves for a really fun, uplifting feed. But on all social media, I'm at Katie Marquis, K A I T Y M A R Q U I S. Remember, that's French. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope you guys had fun listening to me. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, uh, uh, we've ta- been talking for like almost an hour. That's crazy. Wow, look at that. Yeah. 54 minutes. Uh, but yeah, no, that was fun. Uh, I think, I hope everyone learned a little something about the debates. If you didn't catch it, that was some of the high points. We never even talked about Marion Williamson. Oh my gosh. What a, that'll, that'll be another podcast. Yeah, we, we might do an episode just on Marion <laughs> I'm going to be so sad when she drops out. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> She's like the spiritual. I don't endorse her, but I love her. The spiritual like ethos of like yes. the Democratic Party right She's now. She's like a spiritual guru guide, everything. Bro, when she started using like a southern accent in yeah. her one closing statement where it's like yes. the one word response, she's like, and hun, I'm going to tell you yeah. the U.S. is going to be the best place to raise a kid. I was like, whoa, where'd well, that come and from? And when she's talking about the prime minister of New Zealand and girlfriend, yeah, you are exactly. so on. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was so watching. confused. I was so enthralled by her. Yeah, I love her. She as a was on essential oils in that. She debate. was definitely on essential oils. <laughs> High off But I would oils. love to go to lunch with her. I, maybe we should see if we can get her to speak at BYU. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Oh, if she were a Republican candidate, I bet we could. Yeah, that's true. With well, you know that less than one percent support. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see. Thanks you next for time. having me. Yeah, you're always welcome back for another co-host. Okay, it actually makes this more interesting and more fun to than like, just you talking. Yeah, then like right. Well, have, I'm happy to be here. Our track record is <laughs> one for it, one. One for one. <laughs> well, actually, like plans going through, following through, it's like one for eight. But oh yeah. So for those of you who don't know, we were supposed to do this like three a month weeks, ago. A month ago. Yeah. And then Katie canceled, and then I canceled, and, and then I probably canceled again. Yeah, and then here we are. We did it. Yeah. 
so we'll Ooh. plan something now so in six months you can have another podcast right <laughs> so if you have an idea for something you want to hear us talk about and ramble on about for an hour yeah you leave it in a comment below you can listen to the youtube video <laughs> yeah subscribe like like favorite like subscribe. to thank our sponsors Diet Coke. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. We're not making any money off this podcast, so we're going to give a big shout out to Diet Coke, because yeah. that's all we're drinking. These days. No sugar, no calories. It's the silver can with the red band. You know what it is. Diet Coke. That was quick. That was pretty good. That I was like... pretty good. You should go into advertising. Yeah, I pulled that out of nowhere. Yeah. We love, we love.